You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Bring your attention in the word of the Lord in Matthew chapter 16, 16 verse 5 to 12. Praise God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 5 to 12. So um, the Bible says, uh, And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take the bread. In verse 6, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and be Aware, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. Do ye not understand? Neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand. And how many baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I spake not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Last verse, then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. So tonight, hallelujah, I want to preach to you under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that is entitled, If God did it before, He can do it again. I'm going to say it again. If God did it before, He can do it again. Hallelujah. He can do it again. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word is already anointed. Hallelujah. Do what you will, God. Do what you please tonight. I ask, oh Lord, have your way. Take your liberty. You are more than, hallelujah, welcome to interrupt our service, oh God. I'm just, oh God, a messenger, a vessel of your word, oh God. So take your liberty. Do whatever you want to do. Heal somebody. Save somebody. Deliver somebody. Restore somebody today, I pray. Hallelujah. And as I ask your anointing, oh God, let your will be done in Jesus mighty name everybody said amen. amen hallelujah if god did it before he can do it again now if you might wonder where did i get the title from the scripture that we have read now let me explain it to you in the opening of this chapter in chapter 16 jesus was speaking to the pharisees and the sadducees they were having conversation and then these two groups were asking Jesus about a sign. A sign and then, you know, Jesus ignored their, their, their request and said that the only sign that I'm going to give you is the sign of the prophet Jonah. And then if you keep on reading, then followed by the scripture that we have read, Jesus here warned the disciples about the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. At first, they did not understand what Jesus meant about, you know, 
being aware of the yeast. And Jesus explained to them that I'm not talking about the bread that you were looking for because you're worried that you don't have the bread. And the yeast that I'm in talking is about the deceptive teachings of the Pharisees. And first, they were trying to uh, grasp that, that idea. And finally, they have understood it for a couple of minutes. But in this conversation, Jesus did not only um, point out, you know, he, he perceived something beyond of what was happening. Because at first they thought like, oh, I don't, you know, they, they didn't really understand at first that about the deceptive teachings of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. But Jesus perceived here and he said that, you know, there's something more than this. Because they said, we don't have bread with us. They were worried that they don't have bread. And Jesus addressed the issue and he saw that there was an unbelief among the disciples. They were worried that they don't have bread with them. And on their mind, they were wondering why, you know, like how I'm going to survive. How are we going to survive for the next day? We don't have a bread. They are so worried. And Jesus perceived that unbelief. And then he asked this question in, you know, among the disciples. And he said that, have you remembered that I have just fed the 5,000? With just five loaves. And how many again, if Jesus may be sarcastic, you know. And how many extra baskets did you have again? And if that's not enough for your information, I did also another miracle. I fed the 4,000 with just seven loaves. Just in case you forgot. I just did that. If you, if you, if you read that two chapters... We read chapter 16 of Matthew. You read Matthew 14. He did the miracle of 5,000. 5, you read Matthew chapter 15. He did the miracle of the 4,000. Just two chapters. And then the next chapter in 16. They have already forgot the power of God. Of how he able he is to perform the miracle. And now they were worried. We don't have bread. What Jesus was saying to them is that if I did it. Before, even you're having unbelief, I just want to remind you that if I did it before, I'm still able to do it again. You don't have to worry because you don't have bread. I can do it again. Why are you so worried and you're questioning just because you don't have bread? He can do it again, church. God does not do miracles by any chance. Or he, didn't, he does not make any miracles by any luck. When God performs a miracle in somebody's life, he does it intentionally. He does that because it is his will and it, it is his pleasure that he wants to bless his people and he wants to perform miracle. And it's not just a, you know, a random act. He do it. Because he wants to do it for you and me. And I fully believe tonight, church, that he desires to minister to somebody tonight. We have heard a message this morning about miracles, that looking past the natural. 
It was already been declared. Hallelujah. That somebody has to receive the miracle. Hallelujah. God wants to minister to you. Hear me tonight, church. Son, you are going to receive your miracle tonight. You didn't hear me tonight, church. You're going to receive your miracle. You've been praying for so long. Hallelujah. You've been asking from the Lord for a miracle. Hallelujah. It's been a long time. And tonight, let me tell you, you're going to receive your miracle from God. Mm. You're going to receive your miracle tonight. If God saved you from sin before, if He did it for you before, we all have stories. We all have past. You know how God changed you. You know how God saved you from that pit, from that sin. And now you are praying for somebody, especially your family members. You've been crying every night, longing for someone to see, go back to the church. And not to the church, but be reconciled with God. But because God has already done it before, let me tell you what. If God did it for you before, you can have an assurance that He's still going to be doing that for you and for your family. He can do it for you and He can do it that for, your, for your family. If God restored you as a prodigal, hear me tonight. You're going to see your loved ones. You're going to see your friends, your family being restored. Your sons and daughters, your brother, your sister, your cousin, everyone. God's going to restore you. And I am a firm believer of restoration, church. I'm a firm believer. God is not done yet with your families, your, your loved ones. If you have sons and your daughters that are not living for the Lord tonight, church, this is your confirmation you've been asking for. God wants to minister. You're going to see it. You're going to see restoration. And I'm declaring it tonight. And I know that you know that you have already seen from the past week, months, and years that we have seen people being restored, hallelujah, in the church and with God. And I believe that it is still not done yet, especially here in New Brunswick. Especially here in New Brunswick. I've heard, hallelujah, many stories of great things that have happened in the past all throughout the province of New Brunswick. Lots of missionaries that have came here, hallelujah, from this province. And I'm so grateful, hallelujah, that you know, the Philippines is one of the product of the missionaries of Canada. Hallelujah. And I'm so grateful that I'm here right now in New Brunswick. Hallelujah. But along the way, there's a lot of people that have lost their way into the Lord. But I am a firm believer tonight, church, that God's going to restore many people. The greatest revival that we're going to see here in New Brunswick, hallelujah, is a restoration of the prodigals. They're going to come back. Hallelujah. God's going to draw them back again. Hallelujah. In the presence, in His presence. Oh, God. And if God healed you before, Anybody here tonight experience the power of God in His healing? Anybody here experience the healing of God? Hallelujah. There were many stories and testimonies how God ministered to their bodies. Let me tell you what, His miracles are not, you know, it's not spoiled yet. It's always new. It's always fresh. His mercy is always fresh every morning. It's always new. And that healing is still available for you it's still available for you tonight church if God has provided for you before 
He can still provide for you tonight. I don't know what you need tonight, church. Hallelujah. But God's going to provide that need tonight. He's going to provide that need. You're going to leave this place filled with God's provision and blessing and goodness and favor in your life. Hallelujah. If you believe that, can you clap your hands to the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. I'm not here today uh, tonight. This, that, you know, here in front of you just cheering you up. But I'm telling you and I'm declaring because God has laid this in my heart. Because this is what God wants to do. Hallelujah. And everyone. Hallelujah. You have come here tonight. Not just because we have an evening service. But we have come here tonight because we have a need. And we need the Lord. And we need miracle tonight. God's hallelujah going to minister to you. But probably, but probably someone tonight might have questions. You might have questions tonight and you're seeking God in your current situation. Do you have that feeling that you felt like God is far from you? And you've been calling unto God and you felt that God is away. He's in a distance. It felt like you're praying and just hitting the roof. It doesn't hit and it doesn't even reach out to the heavens. You feel like God's not hearing you. You've been questioning, where are you, God? Where are you? Now, there's a story, Elijah and, Eli Elijah and Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 2. And this story is always a familiar thing to everyone that, Elijah, you know, um, Elijah mentored Elisha. And Elisha followed Elijah for many years. They traveled back and forth, going and doing whatever. And on the, in, the, in the latest part of Elijah's life, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 8, you can see that they went to Jordan. First, they went to Bethel. Elijah said, you stay here, I'm going to Bethel. And Elisha said, no, I'm going with you. And they went. And next thing, Elijah said, oh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, Jericho. And Elisha said, I'm going with you still. And they went. And then the last, they went to Jer Jordan. Elijah said, you, leave, you stay here. But Elisha said, I'm still going with you. And they went to Jordan. And as they passed this Jordan River, Elisha saw how Elijah struck the water with his mantle and how God parted that river and they were able to pass in that Jordan. And as they were traveling, we know the story how Elijah was taken up by that, by that whirlwind. And he'd been asking for a double portion of anointing from Elijah. And when that happened, when that mantle fell down from heaven, Elisha took that mantle and he brought him with him and left. And now here is Elisha carrying the mantle of Elijah. When Elijah is gone now, probably Elisha might be thinking, what's going to be the next step? My mentor is gone. It's up to me now to carry on this mantle. And now he's back in the, on that same Jordan River. 
And then he has Elijah's mantle. And Elisha saw how Elijah did on that river. And he, what he did is he also struck down that river. And you can see and you can read in 2 Kings 2.14. As soon as Elijah, Elisha hit that water, he asked this question. Where is the God of Elijah? Where is this God of Elijah? While I was reading this, in my mind, this was the defining moment for Elisha. It was a defining moment wanting to know if God is also with him. So he did the same thing how Elijah did. And he struck that water. And when he did that, probably nothing happened at first. Because if it did part the water, he didn't have to call on and ask, where is the God of Elijah? So when he tried also to strike that water, probably at first it didn't, nothing happened. And there's, that's where he came and shouted, where is the God of Elijah? And let me tell you tonight, church, you might be asking the same question tonight. You've been looking for God in your situation. You carry an anointing. You are anointed people of God. You tried everything to follow. Amen. And you tried to carry that mantle, that anointing. And here you are facing a river. And you're trying to cross, hallelujah, that river so you can go on to your next level of your season of life. But you can't go on because there's this river in front of you. And you're trying to do the same thing, the same thing that our elders did. They prayed, they fasted, they worshiped, they served God faithfully. And you're trying also so hard. But it seems like nothing is happening. And now you're asking, where is the God of my elder? Where is the God of Elijah? And at first you did it and nothing happened. But let me tell you tonight, church, if you are that person, if you're looking for God in your situation, you've been asking, where are you, God? Where are you, God? Where are you, God? You may be asking that. I need you, Lord. I need you in my situation. Hallelujah. Tried everything, and it seems like there's nothing happening. But let me tell you, don't lose hope tonight, church. Don't let go of your faith tonight, church. Hallelujah. Don't let go of that faith. Hallelujah, because you're about to see your miracle. It's about to part that water. God's about to part that word water for you so you can cross that Jordan River and go on and continue the next season of your life. You just have to be faithful and continue to go on. Hallelujah, and serve God. Don't give up, church. You are in the brink of your breakthrough. You're in the brink of your breakthrough, church. Your miracle is on the way. Hold on to the faithfulness of God. Hold on to the promise of God. You're going to see it come through. You're going to see God, hallelujah, in your situation. Hold on to God. Hold on to God. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 7, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Hallelujah. If you keep on asking and there's nothing happening, 
don't worry, keep on asking. And if you're seeking God, and if there's nothing happening, keep on seeking God. And if you're knocking so hard and nothing is happening, I encourage you, keep on knocking until you get, hallelujah, your miracle. Don't stop asking. Don't stop seeking. Don't stop knocking. Hallelujah. This generation has to know that the God that performed miracles in the past, hallelujah, is the same God that we're serving right now. Hallelujah. I speak in behalf, hallelujah, for I speak for my generation, a young generation today. Hallelujah. We might be hearing stories in the past of how God has done great things for our parents, our grandparents. We might hear a lot of miracles from the past. But let me tell you what, you're going to experience firsthand as well your miracle to God. You're going to experience miracle as well from God, church. This generation is going to see the power of God. Hallelujah. Our generation is suffering from professionalism. Our, our, our generation is suffering from all the delusions in this, of this world. And let me tell you what, we're, it doesn't matter what happens in the culture. God is still God and He's still on the throne and He's still going to do His word. In spite of everything that's going to happen, God is still able. God is still able. And for, and for everyone and for those who have experienced the power of God in the past. Let me talk to you tonight as well. Somebody who have experienced the power of God in the past. But because of the overwhelming circumstances you are in right now. You've been to a point where you are exhausted spiritually. And you need an encouragement. You're longing for a restoration of your strength. You need strength to go on. You've experienced God's power in the past, but right now you're struggling because of your situation. Your journey seems so long and everything seems in pause. You feel like there's no improvement. Nothing's going on. Nothing is going forward. But you have experienced the power of God in the past, but you're struggling right now. Let me talk to you tonight, church. If you are that person, hallelujah, let me remind you of what God has done before. And let me tell you that He is still able to do it again. What we need to do, church, is to go back and visit your past victories. Because there are, you, you can find strength when you look back and go into the past victories that you have. God did not allow you to have victory so that as time passes by, it's just like a trophy and it's just going to be dusted and put it in a China, you know, China cabinet and just be forgotten. No, your past victories is your testimony. And it's a reminder of what God, what God can do in your life. God has been there all along throughout your journey in life. You just have to go back. And remember what God can do in your life. You remember Elijah? I admire Elijah. He's a great prophet of God. You hear a lot of miracles in his ministry. But one miracle that he experienced is that in Mount Carmel when he go against the prophets of Baal. And you see what happened and you know what happened. Elijah said, 
whoever answers, whoever God answers by fire shall be God. And they made an altar and all those stuff. And God gave Elijah the victory. You know the story. God gave Elijah the victory. But after of everything that have happened, the great victory that God has given through Elijah's ministry, all of a sudden, when he received a message from Jezebel, a life-threatening life message, and she said that the same way you did to my prophets, I'm going to do that to you as well tomorrow the same time. And what happened is you know the story that he went and hide in a cave. Elijah seems to forgot what God can do. He just had the miracle. He just had the victory. And here it comes, the bad news. And he seems that he forgot already what God can do. And he hide on the cave, depressed. Sometimes, you know, we, know we as a human being, we kind of forget what God has done to us because we are bombarded with current news in our situation. That our past victory seems like blurred in our mind. Let me read to you. Allow me to read to you Psalm 77. This is a bit long, but allow me to read to you. I promise you I'm going to make a point out of this after this. In Psalm 77, this is a psalm of Asaph, the chief musician of David. And he wrote, he wrote this psalm as a prayer, and he'd been longing for God. And the Bible said, I cry to God. Yes, I shout, oh, that God would listen to me. He's been looking for God. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven. But my soul was not comforted. Can you relate to him sometimes? You've been praying and you need comfort to God. I think of God and I moan and overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. Imagine the situation he is in. He can't sleep. He's having a hard time to pray. And he, he tried to think of the good old days long since ended. When my nights were filled with joy, full no songs, I searched my soul and ponder the difference now. Before I used to sing songs at night. My heart is filled with joy. And right now I felt like, God, you're not here with me right now. Having a hard time here, Lord. And verse 7, he said, has the Lord rejected me forever? It's kind of like the same question Elisha did. Where is the God of Elijah? He asked also, has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Oh, he felt like he's been forgotten by God. That the promises of God is not, you know, it's not enough already. It's not working now. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door of his compassion? He thought like all those doors have been closed for him. That's what he felt. He's been distraught. He's depressed. And he said, this is my fate. Because of those feelings, because of those experiences, he said to himself, now probably this is what just I'm going to end up. This is now my faith. I'm hopeless. The Most High has turned his hand against me. 
So that's the half of the chapter. And what happened is in verse 11, after he said that, But then, I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. Your be strong arm. You redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, oh God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain and the thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind and lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway of no one knew was there. And you led your people along the road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron their ships. Now, let me tell you, this chapter has 20 verses. And we have read all throughout. And if, you're gonna, if you read and you observe, you, ha, you, you divide it into two. The first 10 verses in this chapter is all about him expressing his, his depression, longing for God, needing of something from the Lord. But if you notice, the next Verses, the next half of the chapter is all about remembering the Lord of what God can do despite of his situation, despite of what he needs from the Lord. He remembered, I recall how you delivered the nation of Israel out of Egypt. I remembered how God, how powerful you are. And let me tell you what, there is a thin line between your agony and praise. It is when you start remembering what God has done in the past. And when you divert your mind, yes, we have struggles right now in the present. But if we learn how to remember and go back in the past of what God has done and can do through you and for you. Oh, hallelujah. Your agony will turn into praise. Your agony will turn into praise. Church, don't lose your praise. Don't lose your praise, church. That's our weapon against all odds and struggles in life. That in the midst of these things that are going on, I will still choose to praise God no matter what. Don't lose. Don't lose your praise, church. The defining moment for Asaph, that despite of what he's going through, is when he started he started the chapter from expressing his hurt and ending up praising God. And God wants to put a transition in your life right now. That you might be expressing some deep hurts in your life right now. But God wants you to end up praising Him. Having victory and the thin line and the transition moment. Hallelujah. That's going to take place is when you start remembering the promises of God. When you start to remember what God has done in the past. And that's how everything's going to shift in your life. Now let me, let me say this to you. When Jesus was in the cross, he was hanging there. We always hear this usually in, uh, in, in, in like um, the seven last words of Jesus. And one of the seven last words of Jesus, he said, my God, my God. Why thou hast forsaken me? You remember that 
words of Jesus while he was on the cross? Do you know that those words that Jesus said, he took that from the scriptures in Psalms chapter 22, verse 1? He quoted the verses, the words of David when he was in struggling, when he was struggling and when he was in pain as well. Could it be possible that when Jesus was on the cross, he was not just quoting the verses, but he was singing the Psalms? Have you, have you thought about it? That he was, he was on the cross there having the pain, bearing that. But despite of those things that he's bearing, he was quoting the Psalms and praising. That's what we need to do, church. You might, be, you, you might feel like you're in a cross. You're, you've been dealing something deep in your life. But in the midst of that, don't lose your praise. Don't lose your praise, church. Don't lose your praise. Don't lose your praise, church. Don't lose your praise. Hallelujah. God has given you the victory from the past. So you can visit it time and time again. And find strength and assurance for your present circumstance. In Judges chapter 14, verse 5 to 8, probably some of you already heard this illustration. But when Samson, when he was trying to meet with Delilah, and on his way, he met a lion, he countered a lion. But because the Spirit of the Lord is upon Samson, he killed that lion in that verses in the chapter. He killed that, the lion. And after he did it, he went on his way. But if you read the following verses, he went back the same road. And as he was walking back to his path, he saw the lion that he just killed right there, laying down, being killed. But as he passed and looked into that lion's carcass, he found a honey. He found a honey in the midst of the carcass. And he took that out and brought them back and eat it with his family. What I'm trying to say here to you is this. You have already defeated lions in your life before. You have already overcome and had victories before. And you have gone on your way in your life. And right now, what I'm encouraging you is to look back and go back to that carcass of that lion you have killed. Because there is a honey in that. What I'm trying to say is you, if you go back into your past victories, you're going to find strength in that. There is, a, you know, in the past, the victories that you have, you can find strength. You can find honey that will strengthen you, encourage you. You got to look back. You got to remember what the Lord has done. Because if God can do it before, if God did it before, He can do it again, church. He is still able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The power of God is in you. The Holy Ghost is in you. And God has equipped us to overcome things that we are facing. Your miracle is on the way. Your help is on the way, church. What I feel right now in the Holy Ghost is God wants to strengthen the body of Christ. Because we are about to cross the river or Jordan. 
We are gonna have. We're gonna have a transition in our lives, in our family, in our ministry. There's transitions that's gonna take place. We're gonna cross that Jordan River, and we're gonna try to hit that water. And in that journey of life, you may ask, Lord, where is the God of Elijah? But let me tell you, God's gonna give you the miracle. Because God's going to allow us to pass that river of Jordan. Hallelujah. So you can, we can go on as a church and proceed to the next level of anointing. Next level of harvest. Next level of victory. God's going to give you new stories. Hallelujah. You're not just going to hear previous, hallelujah, previous miracle. But you're going to have a fresh miracle from God tonight. Hallelujah. If you can't sleep tonight, let me. If you are that someone that you're having hard time sleeping to, in your evening time, you're struggling and you don't you just don't need you don't need melatonin only. What you need is the peace of God. And you've been struggling to sleep. You wanted to sleep, but your mind is just constantly working and working. You want rest. And it's just, you're not thinking only the responsibilities, the chores. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You're, you can't sleep. It's because you have worries in your mind. You're, you can't sleep. It's because there are some things that the, the enemy is attacking your mind. It's trying to put doubt. It's trying to put fear. It's trying to put anxiety in you. And you can't sleep. And you're having a hard time to rest. Let me tell you tonight, if you're that person... God's going to give you the peace that you need tonight. You're going to have a breakthrough tonight. You're going to have a great sleep tonight as you go back home tonight. I declare it in the name of Jesus. You're going to have your healing mentally, emotionally, and physically. God's going to restore your strength tonight. Hallelujah. God's going to restore you tonight. Oh. Hallelujah. I'm done tonight, church. I have already said things. I think you already got my point. You already got the point, church. Tonight is not about, you know, crying because we have problems. Yes, it's not going to go anywhere. After this, you're still going to face your chores. You're still going to face life. You're going to still go back to work and hang out with other people. And life's still going to go on. But tonight, church, hallelujah, there's going to be a transition in your life right now that you've been praying for. You're going to experience the power of God coming on your way once again. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to be restored with this strength physically, not only physically, but emotionally. And not only emotionally, but spiritually. God is about to give you the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. The strength that you need to go on. You have come here tonight with a need and you're going to come out with a solution. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, tonight we're gonna open the we're we're, we're gonna open the the, the 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 altar tonight. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We have come here tonight. You might be you might have worries like the disciples. You don't have bread. You've been worrying. I don't have any means to survive. You've been worrying, or you might be like Elisha asking, "Where's the God of Elijah?" Or you might be like Asaph. You're full of uncertainties. You feel like you've been cast away and forgotten. But tonight is a night of call. A call to remembrance. 
there is a call tonight that, you know, to remember the greatness of God and His power. Tonight is about rewiring our thoughts and aligning our minds to the will of God. Tonight is about restoration of strength. Tonight is about trusting the Lord. Tonight is about believing that He is able to minister. Tonight is about praising God despite of everything that is going on in our life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Want to ask the music to come back again. Hallelujah, we're going to prepare here. What we're going to do is we're going to come to the Lord and we will pray. Hallelujah. And I know that we all have need. But if you need, if you want to, if you're looking for a miracle for your family needing restoration. Or if you are, if you are that person you've been longing for a miracle of salvation for your loved ones. We will pray. Or if you're that person longing for a miracle of healing, we will pray. God's going to heal somebody tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a virtue of healing and restoration tonight, church. Hallelujah. If you need strength tonight, church, you have come here weary. You have come here that you feel like everything's heavy in your shoulder. Tonight is a night of you can rest in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And as we declare a miracle, as we declare and pray miracles upon our loved ones, upon your situation, upon your family, amen, we will start to praise God. We will start praising God, hallelujah, and thanking Him in advance for what God is about to do in your life. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.